microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. episode of we be geeks it is the dazzling duo derek and myself mike i almost called you ken (laughs) why i don't know chinese collusion Mm. (laughs) so long story after that but i'm not getting into that right now (laughs) save that for another day (laughs) um check out the website there is a picture that's got rotating images that's our new store check it out we be geeks mighty marvel geeks wookie radio merchandise t-shirts jerseys tank tops hats did i say jerseys you did hoodies jerseys baseball hockey i i I got this dilemma i have the mighty marvel geeks comic strip hockey jersey coming i just don't know do i get the hockey jersey a hockey jersey or a baseball jersey for wookie radio and weeby geeks next i'm just sure (laughs) which way would you go uh well i don't really wear hockey jerseys so it makes it easy you go baseball yeah (laughs) So consider uh, the Wookie Radio, our, our baseball jersey, it looks sweet. Mm. There, it there. does indeed. So that one I, I may. It's just hockey. I don't know which one. Or uh, hockey. We be geeks. I don't know which one. So, I don't know. Sounds like you just made your decision. Yeah, maybe hockey. So, <laughs> um, well, how about this for a decision? I may just go see this Aquaman movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised surprised myself to say it, but yeah, it actually looks pretty good. Uh, coming off the heels of New York Comic Con, where the poster for the movie was released, and I believe they also released the, uh, the trailer. Um, this was... Five minutes? I thought it was going to be five minutes of pain, but it was it was five minutes of joy. I know. I, 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 I'm genuinely surprised. And what throws me off is here's two characters who 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 strive on water, and they're in the middle of the desert, and this is, <laughs> and this is where they potentially find Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis didn't sink; it just dried up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I was, I was pretty impressed. I was too. I really was. I mean, one, number one, I'm not a huge Aquaman fan to begin with. And then of course the track record of DC, not great. So I wasn't expecting much from this movie, but that trailer, I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've been okay with the choice. I mean, Momoa sounded awesome, but the rest of the cast seemed great. I dig in the look of Black Manus. Yes, yes. And they did it right. They didn't try and go and invent something new. Right. Because they even took the same approach with Young Justice. They just made him look like the way it's always been known. Mm. He looks like he's supposed to look. The helmet looks right with the red lenses 
everything. It's it's there. So and even even like the underwater stuff looks kind of cool too. Yeah, yeah. I'm very impressed. Very much so. Um, without going into breaking down the trailer, which could be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the rant and roll we've been on trailers lately, <laughs> everywhere. <Yeah. laughs> um, no, I I'm cool with what we've got. I mean, at this point in time, I just want to say stop, no more. <laughs> I know, right? Because if you do more, there is that potential of ruining the film. Definitely, yeah. So. Um, at this point in time, what expectations do you have? Well, um, I'm still trying to keep my expectations, not low, but I don't want to get too, because I don't want to get too overexcited for it because it is still, um, it is still part of the DCEU, which doesn't, has not had a great track record so far. Right. But after seeing this trailer, I kind of got, I kind of, I kind of got the thought that it could be the next Wonder Woman, um, as opposed to the <laughs> the, the Flash, you know, which right. I still have. At, I don't even think a trailer is gonna make me care about that movie anymore. The, the Flash. I have no faith. Mm. Um, I mean, with with this, it, it's. I, I, I'm like you. I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm excited. Uh, I don't want it. I just don't want it ruined. And that's what I'm afraid of. It's going to get ruined. Right. And it very well could. But so. Yeah, I don't think as long as, you know, if they just stick with this, you know, the the shortened trailer that they've had, maybe add a little brief second here or there, it'll be fine. But. I don't think we need like a whole new trailer. No, I think we've seen we've definitely seen enough. I mean, you they got the both of us excited, so I think that's that's all you need. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. So, um, <laughs> I still can't believe I'm excited about an Aquaman movie. I know. Oh, well, I think the, <laughs> I think the last time I got this excited about Aquaman is when we were talking to Eric Esquivel. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about the old, was it 68 Aquaman cartoon series? Mm. I know that's going way back in the, you have to go way back into the archives for that. Yeah. Well, for me, Aquaman's always been the, the super friends Aquaman, you know? <laughs> and, that, and that was the other cool thing with this. The costume looks close to the super friends costume. And, and but it looks good. It doesn't look cartoony or anything. No. And see, that's that's what I was afraid of was, right. oh, they're going to totally gut it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, well, in the cartoon, he's wearing green underwear on top of the green tights, <laughs> which yeah. didn't make sense. So why can't it just mm-hmm. be? But that was back in the day. Um, I mean, the, the costume looks very similar to what he has in the comics mm. currently. It still looks sharp. It looks like a... A armored wetsuit, if you were to expect a Atlantean armored wetsuit type thing. I mean, it's, we're not seeing the gaudy King Arthur Aquaman look. Right, yeah. We're, we're seeing a streamlined look. And even even the Atlantean soldiers aren't super bulky with the with the armor or didn't. I'm losing you, Mike. You're breaking up. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> 
that I'm breaking up. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit before show. Um, the the armor uh, for the Atlantinian soldiers or warriors, it's not that bulky either. No, yeah, it's not. I mean, every, it looks really good. Everything seems solid. Mm, definitely. So, um, but we shall move on. All right. So, <clears throat> moving on from Aquaman to uh, a movie that has come out previously um, and will soon have a sequel, and that is Suicide Squad. And uh, so there was a whole thing with James Gunn, director James Gunn, uh, getting uh, let go from Disney. And uh, I don't think we need to go into that. Everybody should be familiar enough with that story. But uh, it has officially been confirmed that James Gunn will now be directing the next entry in the Suicide Squad franchise. Um, And Boris Kitt, uh, who I'm not sure, I'm not actually sure who that is. Oh, he's from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, He he learned that James Gunn is going to be having a completely new take on the Suicide Squad and that the film will not actually be a direct sequel. Um, So there's a possibility that... Uh, key roles could be recast or they could just use an entire uh, different set of villains. I almost said heroes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 To which, to which Boris Kitt tweeted out, being told that Gun Suicide Squad will not be a sequel, he will have a new take on it, but whether that means a total recast or not is unclear. And, of course, we all know the first Suicide Squad, uh, DC's uh, team of supervillains with uh, <clears throat> Deadshot, played by Will Smith, Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, uh, Arabi, excuse me, and uh, <clears throat> the Joker, um, loosely played by Jared Leto. Yeah, I, um, I'm hearing it, he's And it was back. thought that the three of them would certainly come back to reprise their roles in the sequel. Uh, but now, with uh, James Gunn taking over, that could completely change, which would not break my heart, I must say. And um, yeah, I have no problems with them going away, even though it kills me, even though uh, Suicide Squad earned mixed reviews, uh, it became a box off box office hit for DC with a worldwide gross of seven hundred and fifty million. Don't ask me why. Uh, so we did. I think you did. You said you did hear that Jared Leto would definitely not be. Oh, almost definitely not be coming back. Yes. The Joker role. Yes. Which is wonderful news. And uh, that makes James Gunn my new hero. <laughs> Um, that means there's hope of, for DC. It does, yes. Uh, of course, speaking of hope for DC, uh, okay. we also know that, that Suicide Squad is one of many projects currently being developed, including the Batman, the Flash, uh, Green Lantern Corps, Birds of Prey, Black Adam, Cyborg, Nightwing, Supergirl, New Gods, and a Deathstroke film and a Joker origin movie that will be set outside the DCEU starring Joaquin Phoenix. And I don't know how I feel about the look of his Joker. Well, <clears throat> two things. Number one, it's better than Jared Leto, at least. At the very least, I yeah. will say that much. And number two, there's talk that what we have seen might not even be the final version. So... 
And three. Well, oh, wait. <laughs> well, I don't. But I have I have mixed feelings about that entire film to begin with. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, the the thing that kills me about another story we heard about um, with the walking, the walking, <laughs> walking dead phoenix <laughs> rising. <laughs> yeah. Um, is apparently the extra extras for the movie. We're, yeah, I we're saw trapped that. on a we're trapped on a in their subway car and we're um utilizing the rails for the ends to uh bathroom remedies. Yeah, I heard they were in there for like three hours. They didn't get any breaks. I'm I'm wondering if this is all a viral ploy to, to actually lead to potential reality of a scene for a movie. Possibly. I mean, directors have done crazy things like that before. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's pretty much it with James Gunn, right? That is it, yes. Well, Christmas, right around the corner, is all the Christmas stuff's coming out now, and we haven't even hit Halloween. I just went to Walmart the other day, and I saw Christmas stuff. Come on, let's get through Halloween first. I know, right? It's going to get to the point. Hey, happy 4th of July. Christmas shop opens tomorrow. <laughs> And then it'll be Happy Valentine's Day. Here's your Christmas stuff. <laughs> I was gonna go Easter next, but <laughs> that'll work too. Happy Happy New Year's. Here's your Christmas stuff. Yeah. But, um. Well, apparently the Deadpool before Christmas is going to be bringing all sorts of gifts. Uh, it has come to light that Fox is going to do, and I disagree with this, a mm. PG-13 re-release of Deadpool 2. Yeah. Why give in to that crowd and ruin? To me, this is going to ruin the film. Um, I have a theory on why, but I'll get into that after. Would it be? Uh-huh. What are you thinking? Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, now, despite how it may seem on the surface, Deadpool is a very hard R, and the studio is clearly hoping to get some box office dollars from those younger fans who couldn't see the previous cut in the theaters. Ah, that was my theory. Uh-huh. Sure it was. <laughs> um, but those that are worried that this cut will rob the movie of its charm, like us, feeling this way, this <laughs> is, of course, coming from MovieWeb.com, um, can probably relax as some uh, new details have come out. According to the report, it, the Deadpool Before Christmas will contain 15 minutes of new footage and will introduce a new character who wasn't featured in the original theatrical cut. Fox apparently intends to release this new cut internationally and recently revealed that some of this information to the theater chains so they know what to expect. Hmm. Now, what is this new footage? Who is this new character? Well, that might have already been revealed. Uh, Ryan Reynolds posted on his Twitter account shortly after the news broke that um, Deadpool kind of been hanging out with Fred Savage and uh, it kind of in a situation similar to um, Peter Falk in The Princess Bride. <laughs> uh, it would appear that Savage is going to reprise his role from that classic and that some of the new wraparounds with the actor in Deadpool will be filmed to fill in the gaps where the R-rated content has been cut out. So it's the Deadpool Before Christmas Princess Bride edition. 
question. <laughs> Maybe possible. Uh, it's also possible the studio could film an additional scene or two. Mm. Now, one could accuse Fox of actually doing something like this as a cash grab. Um, but either way, it's actually going out of their way to keep this PG version of Deadpool on as brand as on brand as possible outside of giving fans a chance to see it who maybe didn't have that chance to do so before. Uh, the movie's already made $734 million at the box office and Fox shifted Alita Battle Angel from its September 21 release date um, a couple weeks couple weeks back. So why not put out a more cat Christmas themed kid friendly version of Deadpool to try and rake in some dough? Uh, yeah. And of course this news was originally reported by MCU Cosmic. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I, I I just I, I don't know how to feel about this. I know. I certainly won't go see it. I have no interest in seeing it. But it although in one way it's kind of an interesting experiment on whether on the question of R-rated comic book movies and such and if there is a need for R-rated comic book movies which I think in cases like Deadpool there are. Yeah. So now now we can you you could go and see the PG thirteen. Is it PG thirteen? Yeah. What this new version uh, coming out? Yeah. 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 PG thirteen version versus the R version. If you've already seen that, which you should have, if if you're going to see Deadpool, and you could compare the two and say, well, here's you know. Yeah. To me, this whole thing screams, oh, we're going to cater to all the moms who, who really want to take their kids to a film that they really shouldn't take their kids to. Right. But if you're going to do this particular type of film with the quote unquote um, PG-13 theme, I think doing it with the Princess Bride concept, this is about the only movie that would work with. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that that's, that's a... Um a fun way to do it, certainly, and a nice take on it. <clears throat> but I don't know. I just, I don't know. It doesn't seem right. Mm, indeed, it does not. It's, yeah, it, I mean, it just. It, this, is, this is not the way of the lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> it certainly does seem like a big cash grab, but. I guess that would be in the spirit of Deadpool, so <laughs> there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess we shall move on. Well. <clears throat> Alrighty then. Alrighty then. So, this past weekend, Venom came out, and I saw it. And this is, it's become an interesting story behind the whole Venom thing. <clears throat> you know, uh... There is no no connection to Spider-Man. It was originally supposed to be an R, but it too was pulled back to a PG-13. Right. Um, and and it just, I don't know, it just kind of, for me, I was not expecting much from it. <clears throat> and then, of course, uh, hearing all the critics come out and, and have not great reviews about it, I was not looking forward to it. And I saw it, and I will say uh, my opinion of the movie is that it was pretty average. I would give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. But for me, it was just kind of a generic comic book movie. 
But the whole point is that Sony, um, this was the first step in Sony's plans to do movies on uh, Spider-Man's villains. <clears throat> so we know the next movie is going to be Morbius, the Living Vampire, starring Jared Leto as Morbius, which I'm not going to get into. But Is, is Morbius going to be all tattooed now? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but there's also a plan in the works for Craven the Hunter, a movie based on that character, which is being written by Richard Wank. That's Wank, W-E-N-K. Um, and Mr. Wank has revealed that he he the script he's working on could even feature Spider-Man. Now that's oh yeah that was so the Venom movie was pulled back to a PG-13 so that there could potentially be a crossover with Spider-Man someday possibly. But this Craven the Hunter that Richard Wank is working on, he actually is talking about having Spider-Man in it and that he wants to draw upon the famous story Craven's Last Hunt, which was a big Spider-Man, one, yeah. one of the best Spider-Man stories. Um, now, interestingly, interestingly enough, even though uh, Venom was not uh, accepted by the critics and I thought it was average, uh, a lot of people, a surprising amount of people went to go see it. Um, and in fact, it shattered the October box office record. It grossed $80 million domestically um, and $205 million worldwide in its opening weekend. So, of course, Sony, looking at that, is all gung-ho to go ahead with all their other films, whether those are a good idea or not. And on the Discussing Film podcast, uh, they interviewed Richard Wank, and he talked a little bit about uh, wanting to do – wanting to play around with the concept of Craven's Last Hunt. And he's currently envisioning a story in which Craven, quote – comes face to face with Spider-Man. And then he said, uh, it's an interesting world, a great character. It's in the Spider-Man universe. I'm going to adhere very closely to the lore of Kraven the Hunter, and he's going to come face to face with Spider-Man. I think that where we're all circling is that this is Craven's last hunt, and whether this is the precursor to that movie, whether it will include it, we're talking about those things. And even the idea that maybe Craven could be like Kill Bill, basically a two-part movie, it's all in the mix. So uh, that kind of le le lends some um, some weight to the fact that they could eventually at some point have these v villains actually cross over with Spider-Man, uh, even Venom. So it that would uh, that would be one thing I would at least want to see is is Spider-Man be a part of the Spider-Man villain movies. Right. Um, and uh, of course, right now, it's he's still pretty early in the writing process. And he is right now, as he puts it, he's at the stage where you just kind of throw everything at the wall to see what sticks. Huh. Like Spider-Man. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, boy. <laughs> uh, so he, Wink also said that he's been enjoying a collaborative relationship with other Sony and Marvel figures. And, and he seems to be confident uh, about his plans to have Craven face off against Spider-Man. 
which is very interesting. So what will happen? Will we possibly get to see Spider-Man finally cross over into the Sony, what was it called? The Sony's Marvel Universe or something like that? Sony's Universe and Marvel characters. Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was there was still talk that after the next Spider-Man movie, he'd be Spider-Man would be going back over to Sony, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Okay, well, I'm going to ask, because I know you went and saw it. Mm-hmm. Your take on Venom, since we're talking Spider-Verse here. On the character himself? No, on the movie. On the movie. Well, this is where I expect you to come back with the character, (laughs) (laughs) the character. Um, I thought to me it was the movie was kind of generic feeling. Uh, I felt like the characters were generic. The villain was generic. The jokes were generic. There was a car chase that felt kind of generic. Uh, I think it would have benefited more from being an R rated, almost almost sci fi horror movie. Um, but I didn't hate it. I just, nah, it was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Would like to have seen Spider-Man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. So I'm, I'm kind of right, right down the middle of the critics and the, the movie going public. Okay. I, is it as bad as, as you thought it might've been? Um, worse. I will say that I did have my bar set pretty low. So it was it was not as bad as I was thinking it could, it was going to be. So it it was better than than what I was expecting, but not not um not like leaps and bounds better. Just, you know, just a little better. Okay. It I, it felt to me it felt like the movie kind of it felt formulaic. Okay. Like it just, it just kind of was on cruise control. I mean, if not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, if that's, you know, the kind of right, thing you're right. looking for. But, I, you know, I, I was hoping for more, but not but expecting less. So, OK, I, I can I can see that. I will say one thing I will say, um, and it's not really a spoiler, but it, so there's two after credit scenes. One in the middle, which was that I can't get into without spoiling anything, but it was something. But then at the end of the credit, at the end of the credits, they did something which which at first made me angry. But then, um, so what they did was at the 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 end credits, they actually showed a scene from the uh, the animated movie coming up, the uh, the Spider Verse one. Uh, into the Spider Verse. Yes, into the Spider Verse. They showed like they showed. It must have been like almost a two minute clip or something. At least two minutes. And so, so I was sitting there, and I sat through the credits, and then it it comes up. This uh, caption comes up and says, "Meanwhile, in another universe." And then it cuts to a um, a scene from from the Enter the Spider Verse movie. And I was like, "What? I sat through the credits for this, but I gotta say." Um, I sat through the scene. I started watching it. I'm like, hey, this is actually not bad. So I, th- I think, uh, I think that the Enter the Spider Verse movie might be pretty decent. See, I, I'm excited for Into the Spider Verse. Mm. Um, I think it looks extremely well done. Yeah, it, that especially clip for, I saw, especially for the animated. Yeah, that clip I saw was really good. I really, I actually liked it. Um, so that got me more interested in that movie, at least. So there's something. 
Yeah. I'll so, like I said, at, at first I was angry. Yet. I'll convert you yet. <laughs> I'll probably see it, just maybe not in the theater. But anyway, um, like I said, at first I was angry. I'm like, what? I sat through the credits for this, but then by the end of it, I'm like, hey, that I actually enjoyed that. So, so, so they're trying to say this Venom movie is going to tie in with into the Spider Verse. Or were that's, they just, or were they just using it as a cheap plug to to, to sneak that, in another preview? That's a good question. That's why I asked it. <laughs> I don't know for sure. I could actually see it going both ways. I could see it being either one. So it's hard to say. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, how about this for something we are sure about? We're going to head into the TV world. And uh, Legends of Tomorrow, it came out today uh, as we're re-recording, or earlier today as on the day we're recording. Oh, uh, did it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Legends of Tomorrow is doing a wrestling episode. You don't say. I don't say. But see, you th- did say. I did, <laughs> but I did. Um, Kido Shimizu, or Shimizu, who serves as a showrunner on the hit CW series Legends of Tomorrow, um, shared a photo of the ninth episode for Legends third series. It's called Lucha de Apuestas. And and is accented with a picture of a luchador mask. No, we're not getting Bane in this. Thank Mm -hmm. God. (laughs) Um, But after coming after a few posts from Legends crew, including stunt coordinator Dean Cho and stunt performer or stunt coordinator Dean Cho and stunt performer Andrea Ross, uh, there's a hint that some sort of wrestling set was on its way for the show. Um, And the the Instagram post was got this delivered today in our rehearsal space. Let the jealousy begin. And it's a start of a wrestling ring. Um, then Andrea comes back with sporting my best office attire, hashtag onesie, hashtag glow, hashtag stunts, hashtag lucha libre, hashtag spandex power suit, hashtag wrestling, hashtag day at the office, at B wild her, hashtag DC legends of tomorrow, hashtag love my job. So, um, so yeah, it, it'll be curious to see who, it, how it turns out, who it turns, turns out to be. I'm kind of excited for it being the wrestling. It's an, I am. it's an interesting idea. I mean, I was fully expecting to hear Cody Rhodes was going to be back, especially since he he does the uh, he, he's been on Arrow and it's supposed to be coming back to Arrow. Mm. So uh, but we move on. Yes. Well, speaking of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, They will unfortunately be sitting out the big crossover this year, Uh, but I almost say I'm glad it it makes sense for for why they decided to do it. But yeah, it was always fun having them be a part of them. Um, So the big crossover that I'm speaking of, it's going to be titled Elseworlds, (laughs) which I love. Uh, And it's coming in December. And. It, if you haven't heard, then you must have been living under a rock, as they say. Because the bird because, is uh, the, the bird is the word. <clears throat> well, in this case, it's the bat. <laughs> uh, because uh, we know that during the December Elseworlds crossover between Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl, 
they will be introducing the character of Kate Kane, also known as Batwoman, who will be played by Ruby Rose. And uh, they recently released a picture of the Ruby Rose Batwoman costume. And I have to say, it, it looks good. It looks... Yeah. It, it looks... It's it's definitely one of the most accurate, comic-accurate costumes I've seen. Um, and it, it's just... They did a fantastic job. Now, I was, I was afraid they were going to go with the old yellow costume. <laughs> yellow and red. <laughs> yeah. Well... The, yeah, it's a little outdated now. Um, so the synopsis of the crossover uh, is that uh, the story will see Green Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl heading to Gotham City and teaming up with Batwoman after some good old-fashioned mad science at Arkham Asylum captures the attention of heroes from throughout the multiverse. Ooh. So so that's interesting. Um, and of course, as I said, there will be no Legends of Tomorrow in this one, but but uh, it looks, but as we've as we've seen and heard before, they are planning on doing a Batwoman pilot starring Ruby Rose. Uh, and the actually the Elseworlds crossover has already begun production, so it seems most likely that the CW let out the image because they wanted to get ahead of set spies who routinely try to get inside dirt on new characters and major plot developments on the various superhero shows filmed in and around Vancouver. So instead of letting it leak, they just sent gave out an official image, which I like. Now, the interesting thing is that the Batwoman costume was designed by four-time Academy Award winner Colleen Atwood, who has also done costumes for Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, and both the 2001 and 2017 versions of The Tick. Um, Love The Tick. mm Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, Now, for those not familiar with Batwoman, uh, Kate Kane is a Jewish lesbian army brat who has a complicated relationship with her sometimes evil father and an almost as complicated relationship with Batman. Uh, Of course, the character, the first Batwoman, uh, came into being in the Silver Age, but the current Batwoman was introduced during the 2006 event series 52. I remember that, that series. And Ruby Rose is best known for roles in movies like The Meg and John Wick Chapter 2. And she's very, very excited to be playing the superhero. Uh, to which she said, I get to be Batwoman. Uh, she she said on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I feel like the reason I kept getting so emotional was because growing up watching TV, I never saw someone on TV that I could identify with, let alone a superhero. Uh, I said I wouldn't do that. And I've always had this saying, well, not me, Oscar Wilde, which is be yourself because everyone else is taken. And so I always lived by that motto. And the second motto when I came in, into the industry was be the person that you needed when you were younger. And I feel like one model sort of led me to the other. And I just kept crying about it. One thing leads to another. Sorry. <laughs> and of course, we also we are also going to see the introduction of Lois Lane in this crossover, played by Elizabeth Tullock. And uh, 
Tyler Hoechlin will also be coming back as Superman for all three nights of the event. The crossover takes place across three nights, kicking off on Sunday, December 9th on The Flash at 8 p.m., continuing on on Monday on Arrow, December 10th at 8 p.m., and finishing up on Supergirl Tuesday, December 11th at 8 p.m., which I still, it's still interesting that they've swapped around the shows, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the crossover. Well, how about this? Apparently, a secret six movie or movie TV show is in development at CBS. Uh, DC's Comics Secret Six is in development for TV with a production commitment, according to Variety. Of course, they did this once before with Supergirl, and it ended up on the CW. <clears throat> so why not just go ahead and put this on the CW now and save yourself the grief later? Really? Uh, the trade describes the show as being about six morally ambiguous strangers, each with their own unique specialties and secret past, who are brought together by an dynamic figure who blackmails them into working as a team to expose the corruption of the corporate and political elite. I could go for the easy answer, but I'm not. (laughs) Um, In the comics, the original Secret Six concept involved a group of covert agents working on secret missions, uh, being led by a character named Mockingbird. Uh, The modern concept of the team includes... Um, Deadshot, Catman, Scandal Savage, Bane, Ragdoll, and more. So, uh, no time frame for the show has been released. Interesting. But we do have timelines on the show. On this show. You've got one talking about what's next. Well, this is an interesting story and a little confusing in some ways, but it seems that Warner Media is launching a direct-to-consumer streaming streaming service next year. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Wait, what about the DC app that just came out recently? And uh, this is not that. But what, but what is it, Uncle Derek? Well, kids, gather around and I'll tell you. So, is this a scary uh, story? It might be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Warner Media CEO John Stanky. Uh, that's an interesting name. Does he have a stanky uh, leg? <laughs> he might, yes. <laughs> uh, um, he recently had an address at the Vanity Fair New Establishment Summit in Los Angeles. Uh, in which he announced plans to launch a direct-to-consumer stream- streaming service in late 2019. Uh, Stanky explained that the streaming service will be more expensive, <laughs> more expensive than HBO's current over-the-top su- subscription plan. Though a final price will not be determined until the platform comes to market. HBO will front the new platform with additional content coming from Warner Media brands that will be bundled around the premium cable service. Uh, In the official statement from Stanky, (laughs) uh, today we announce plans to launch a new direct-to-consumer streaming service in the fourth quarter of 2019. This is another benefit of the AT&T Time 
Warmer, Warner merger, and we are committed to launching a compelling and competitive product that will serve as a complement to our existing businesses and help us to expand our reach by offering a new choice for entertainment with the Warner Media collection of films, television series, libraries, documentaries, and animation loved by consumers around the world. We expect to create such a compelling product that it will help distributors increase consumer penetration of their current packages and help us successfully reach more customers. So he's hoping, he's expecting the content at Warner Media would be competitive to Netflix and and he said, uh, we expect financial support to launch this product to come from a combination of incremental efficiencies within the Warner Media Operations, consolidating resources from subscale D2C efforts, Valor library content and technology reuse. We expect to defer some licensing revenues to later periods in the form of increased customer subscription revenues. So I... Don't know what that all meant, but hey, there you go. <laughs> well, if you're a customer, you're going to get revenues. Mm. So there you have it. Warner Brothers coming out with their own streaming service, partnering with HBO, sounds like, and not uh, in any way, shape, or form that we know of at this moment, affiliated with the recent uh, DC streaming service that came out. How stupid is that? I mean, you... you uh, could- you could potentially beat Disney to the punch and you just fall flat. Nah, nah, nah. Kind of like the DC movies against Marvel. <laughs> uh, With a, one exception at the moment. What exception? Wonder Woman. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> so, and possibly Aquaman. And possibly Aquaman. Yeah, right. um, well, yet yeah, there's more. Uh, McFarlane Toys is reviving its movie maniacs and tortured souls live action or action figure lines, live action lines. Um, they've had some great stuff in the past, um, but the the movie Maniac stuff was great, especially back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I used to love it. And then they did like a twisted uh, Wizard of Oz thing. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was some, some great stuff as well. Well, now yeah, we've was. learned that McFarlane Toys is bringing back that line as well as the Tortured Souls line, which was also pretty cool. In an interview mm-hmm. with IGN, McFarlane is quoted, so we're going to bring back our origins, or we're going to go back to our origins, and we're going to go, hey, for all you people who like Tortured Souls, there's going to be more. For all you people who like some of the movie Maniacs, there's going to be more. But even the new, well, the stuff we just created, like Dragons, more. Spawn, more. Twisted Tales, which was the more. To only see what they're going to do with Little Mermaid. <laughs> She's going to be strung up on a, on a rope like Jaws. So, uh, Uh-oh, I lost you. Well, I'm going to keep going and hopefully it'll come back. For those of you not familiar with Tortured Souls, those figures focused on the horrific creation. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, wait, huh? What? Are you there? I'm here. I hear you. This is I a lot. This completely is, lost you there for a minute. Th- this is absolutely raw recording, folks. I am not ed- editing this out because I almost want to keep it for documentation with my cable company <laughs> when it comes to the internet. Anyway, um, for those of you not familiar with Tortured Souls, those figures focused on the horrific creations by the iconic horror master himself, Clive Barker, mm. which I wanted to see 
McFarland do stuff on the Nightbreed or Cabal series. Oh, yeah. Because Cabal's the name of the book. Uh, Nightbreed's the name of the movie. Have you seen Nightbreed? Mm. I remember you and Chris talking about it. I don't think I've seen the whole thing, no. I might have seen bits and pieces of it. And I know about it, but this is my time to say, hi, Chris. I hope you're not mowing while listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Chris, you need to find him a copy of Cabal to read. <laughs> I I personally prefer Clive Barker over Stephen King on most material. Mm. Uh, one of the big differences like with the writing, Weave World is another great book to read of Barker's. Oh, yeah? Oh, will you get drawn in hard. <laughs> um, you know, Stephen King is, oh, so-and-so, or Britain stabbed lethargic in the shoulder and cut down to his abdomen. Clyde Barker, Britain stabs lethargic up in the whatever muscle in the shoulder and cuts through the metacorpus. Puncturing the lung, bouncing off the fifth and sixth rib before mm. slicing into the stomach and spilling guts everywhere. <laughs> he's he's more graphic, more detailed, more more medical based, and it's so cool. I I, I just as much as as much as seeing like real live operations on some of these reality shows, and I'm like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I can make the fake stuff all I want. I can't deal. I can't handle the real. Mm. But to to read the stories i'm like yeah <laughs> and nightbreed uh, i actually i actually binged the book before seeing the movie and very close to the book but to see some of the elements in the book in the movie i'm like oh this is awesome oh that's cool yeah so i haven't god it's been a while since i've seen it i actually want to, wonder if it's out on blu-ray it is i want to own it I'm not currently sure, but no, it's it's a it's a trip, man. You you, you gotta you gotta see it. Well, I'm sure I will at some point. I I I know it's not the realm of a film you guys watch on Keepers, but I would love yeah. I would love to hear y'all do it on Keepers. Oh, that's, mm, that's not a bad idea. I mean, especially since this is the month of Halloween. I was yeah. just thinking that yeah, It'd be a great film for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um it was also revealed too that mcfarlane well this the torture soul series is focused more on on the original creations that looked like they were ripped right from the hellraiser films right um it was also revealed that mcfarlane toys will begin selling direct to cut consumer because all the stores that they had been selling them in have been going out of business over the years. Not that it's their fault. No. <laughs> but um, speaking of that, I, I got to remember, I, I am subscribed to, uh, to Mego, hmm. and they just announced Wave 2 is here. And you're wondering, what is Wave 2? Well, these figures have officially launched at Target, which Mego is pretty much a Target exclusive. You have Star Trek, The Gorn, Charlie's Angels, hmm. Chris Monroe, Cliff Clavin from Cheers, <laughs> Samantha from Bewitched, <laughs> Kelly Bundy from Married with Children, Greg, uh -huh. Greg Brady from Brady Bunch, Frankenstein's Monster, <laughs> Phoebe Hollowell from Charmed, Richie Cunningham from Happy Days, which I'm <laughs> guessing is a reproduction of the old one, uh, Facts of Life, Joe, Mr. Spock from Star Trek, which I love that on the Star Trek episode of the Toys That Made Us, the, mm. the Mego Gorn <laughs> was... Uh, Plan the Apes body, yeah, with uh, what the lizard's head from the Marvel series? Is that what they say? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, um, Kiss, Star Child, classic Superman, <laughs> Green Lantern. 
Batgirl, Poison Ivy, and a two-pack Wizard of Oz with Dorothy and the Wicked Witch, and Full House two-pack with DJ and Stephanie. <laughs> I'm wondering, do we potentially pursue trying to get Marty Adams onto the show? That's a bad idea. That, that could be interesting. Could be. Could be. That, that could be. That could be fun. So, um, so yeah. Um, but one of the stores that the McFarlane stuff was at may be coming back. <gasps> and it's a store that we kind of, and that kind of inspired our name. Uh-huh. That's Toys R Us. Mm. Jeffrey's coming back, folks. Uh, it was They were supposed to be going to auction to sell off the IP and the brand. Um, but instead, they have opted to relaunch the, the toy chain in a new way. Now, we know what looks what this looks like as um, the Toys R Us mascot, Jeffrey, turned up at a Dallas toy preview, donning a cape that had a new logo and store name on it. <laughs> the logo on the cape reads Jeffrey's Toy Box. And you can find the description... Uh, from the Dallas Toy Preview from their website. A wholesale toy distributor and intellectual property company whose focus is on popular play patterns across trusted brands that kids and parents love. Jeffrey's Toy Box is a fully outfitted organization with design, development, and global sourcing expertise. Portfolio includes popular brands like Journey Girls, Fast Lane, True Heroes, You and Me, Imaginarium, Just Like Home, and more. Um, yeah. Interesting. So there were also reps from the company at the event, and they said their plan was to open several locations under the Jeffrey's toy box name by November of this year. Uh, the early launch was described as a shop within a shop concept where they would set up within larger stores, which stores that would include were not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so more about the reorganization was listed on the Torzoros website, which detailed what is being submitted for approval at the moment, and you can read the full press release there because I'm not getting into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're going to potentially see Toys R Us back, but not necessarily as Toys R Us at the moment. I hope they don't go the old shopping mall route and become the new KB Toys as well. I know. Although, allegedly, Toys... Uh KB Toys was supposed to be making a comeback after Toys R Us went out of business. Yeah. But I haven't seen anything new on that. I have not either. So, um, so yeah. But I think this last story is worse, was worth the wait. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Um, yes, and what a wait it's been. So, <sighs> this past Sunday, we finally, finally, after three decades of waiting. All right, not that long, but. It felt that long. Uh, We finally got to see the new Doctor on Doctor Who. Who? uh, Played played by Jodie Whittaker. um, Who's she playing? She's playing the Doctor on Doctor Who. So she's playing Doctor Who. What? Huh? (laughs) First base. Um, so I, of course, watched the premiere episode. I've been looking forward to it for a very long time and been looking forward to uh, Jodie Whittaker's take on the Doctor. And I must say, I am very happy. I thought she did a fantastic job. She was a lot of fun. The episode was a lot of fun. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing where this new season takes us. And apparently I'm not the only one because 
uh, a lot of Doctor Who fans are loving her take on the Doctor. Uh, she's been getting a lot of great reviews on the series, and uh, it looks like the show is one of the strongest premiere ratings for a brand new Doctor. In fact, Variety uh, put out some numbers for the, the first episode of Doctor Who, uh, which was titled The Woman Who Fell to Earth. And according to the publication, season 11 of the series gathered an average of 8.2 million viewers during the show's new time slot. Uh, It used to be on Saturdays. Now it's on Sundays. And the total numbers peaked around 9 million. So as I said, they moved the show from its traditional Saturday time slot to a Sunday evening time slot. And uh, it looks like the new schedule didn't slow down the show in any way. Uh, I was going to ask so, if that was going to be a threat to the success of the show. It doesn't seem to be so far. I mean, it was, you know, they only put out one episode, but it did great. Um, so the numbers for her premiere as the 13th Doctor uh, surpassed even Capaldi's debut, Peter Capaldi, bleh, who only got 6.8 million viewers on his first episode. And Matt Smith, who only got 7.7 million viewers. And even David Tennant, who only got 8 million viewers on his first episode. But wait, there's more. <laughs> critics <laughs> critics have been heaping a whole lot of great reviews uh, on The Woman Who Fell to Earth, uh, gushing on and on about the actress's portrayal of the Doctor, with many saying that she has proven that the Time Lord taking on the female form fits just fine for the franchise, which I agree. Uh, the In fact, the only... <laughs> The only real com- real complaint I've heard, other than the you know the idiots who are oh it shouldn't be a woman oh, shut <laughs> up. Anyway, the the only real um, complaint that was actually kind of funny is that some people are having a little trouble understanding her accent, <laughs> which is a little <laughs> thick. I I didn't it didn't bother me, but but uh, yeah there there was times where I was watching I'm like this is such a British show. But anyway, well, duh. <laughs> no, but it, it was, you know, I mean, like, oh, yeah. but yeah, I thought she did great. I'm very excited to see where this, you know, what where we, what else we get from this season, and to see how what else she does. And uh, I'm very happy that it's back, and very happy that she's our doctor now. Okay. And uh, one funny thing, I did see a thing. Uh, Neil Gaiman on Twitter, oh. he tweeted out. He tweeted out about how excited he was for her, and he thought she did a great job, to which somebody replied, oh, so you must be one of those new fans uh, who, you know, who hasn't been with the show since the 60s. And, uh, you know, I forget what exactly he said, but Neil Gaiman had a good comeback. And then it's just like, like, dude, you're talking to Neil Gaiman. He's written Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) that was just... That was just a little anecdote for you there. Sometimes people can just be stupid. Stupid. It's spelled S T stupid. <laughs> Show there. Well, that's all I've got. So, well, I think that's going to wrap it up. I re- Excellent. I really do. Any final thoughts? I do not have any final thoughts. I'm going to say uh, we send our warmest regards to Scott oh. Wilson's family. Yes. Yes, definitely. It's known for uh, his time on The Walking Dead primarily, most recently. Uh, he has Herschel. Yes. 
he had passed away before uh, before we have done show. So our regards to to his family. Yes. Uh, anything else? Uh, nope. That's all I had. And the only thing that could be asked is want to know more. <laughs> The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.